Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Nalman. I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. And I'm Rabbi Bluth. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. And what it means to be Jewish and human in today's world. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was. We're not selling you on Judaism. We're not selling you on living. We're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff. And the way we feel about stuff. And we'll try to be as real as possible. By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat, you'll have a really good time, you'll learn a lot of things, and you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. And maybe we'll even come out being better people for it. The beauty of the cyclical nature of our Hebrew calendar is that as we move through the seasons and holy days and months, we revisit universal themes each year as new people. In this episode, we are re-airing the podcast about this month from last year. We know that old wisdom lands in new ways each time we return to it, and we invite curiosity and reflection to see how the wisdom of this month lands anew with you today. Whether you have been with us from the very beginning or are a new listener, we would love to hear how this month's episode lands for you. Share your thoughts and feedback on the Living Jewishly pages on Instagram at living.jewishly or Facebook. And if you're a member of our School of Living Jewishly community, we'd love to be in dialogue with you on the Soul J platform. Enjoy! Welcome to Sacred Time a podcast from Living Jewishly, where we explore the healing art of the Hebrew calendar. My name is Bluth. And my name is Ganga Devi Braun, and together we are exploring the wisdom of each of the 12 months of the Hebrew calendar as they relate to our lives today. Our intention for this podcast is that it be rooted in tradition, blossom into relevance in the present moment, and lead us all to the ripening of a beautiful Jewish future. Welcome to the podcast for the month of Shvat. Welcome. The month of Shvat is a time of subtle renewal. At this time, the Velveteen Rabbi puts it so beautifully. Our work is to trust in the spring that we can't yet see. So if you're listening to this on the full moon when our episode's unreleased, it's the beautiful holiday of Tubishvat today, the new year of the trees. We prepared a manual to guide you through this holiday, which you can find on livingjewishly.org which has tons of beautiful teachings, history, framing, inspiration, and blessings for this day. So we hope wherever you're listening, you can hug a tree, nap under a tree, or bless the trees around you. Yeah, and despite the feeling of slumber all around us for many, many people experiencing wintertime right now, we know that sap is stirring under the frozen surface, and the beginnings of spring are somehow underway. This, I have learned in my journey with you, Bluth, is the essence of Shvat. And if you've been following along with us, you'll know that we have recently launched a new learning and community platform, the School of Living Jewishly. The wisdom of the month of Shvat, the wisdom of the trees, the restfulness of winter, these were some of the reasons that we decided to begin our learning journey with the topic of rest, exploring how the rituals and wisdom of Shabbat can guide us toward a living, more restful, resourced, regenerative lives. In this month's podcast, we've decided to gift you a taste of the learning from the rest unit of the Foundation's course, from the lesson called Welcoming Shabbat, in which we explore the art of rituals, focusing on candle lighting, 
as the opening ritual of Shabbat. The wisdom of Shvat is that the time of winter rest is so crucial for the blossoming and ripening of spring. This essential rest is not simply seasonal, but it's also constant. We can rest in each moment that we take a deep breath and shift our focus from future or past to full presence. We rest each night with sleep, and we rest each week with Shabbat. In the Foundations course of the School of Living Jewishly, we're spending the first eight weeks exploring the importance of rest as integral for life, for healing, for transformation. And we do so through exploring the rituals of Shabbat from candlelighting to Kiddush, dining, hosting, song, wisdom share, doing, non-doing, and Havdalah, and more. And through these rituals, we explore sanctification, pleasure, creation, liberation. Yeah, it keeps getting deeper and deeper. So we hope that this full moon of Shvat, you can go out and hug a tree, even if it's cold, and then come back and listen to this lesson from the rest unit of the Foundations course. And please remember to download the Tubi Shvat manual because it was made for you for today. Happy, happy listening. Welcome to lesson one, stepping into the Shabbatscape. Before talking about any specific ritual, let's touch upon the Jewish philosophy of spirituality, which is that the spiritual requires a kli, a container or a vessel to hold it and manifest it in this world. That's what mitzvah is, the manifestation of good intent and spiritual consciousness in the form of action. We invite you now to consider the vessel that you will be creating for your own experience of Shabbat. By exploring your memories and intentions for Shabbat through your senses, whether you draw from memory and tradition or instinct and creativity, we encourage you to make your Shabbat experience one that feels true to you. Take a moment now to consider these questions and feel welcome to refer to the PDF if you'd like to write them down. Sight. How can you make yourself and your space beautiful to honor the beauty of this moment? Sound. What songs can you sing or play that will help you enter into this sacred time? Touch. What clothing can you wear that will help your body to know that you are entering into a time of pleasure and rest? What other fabrics or tactile changes can you make to your space so that it is soft and feels sacred? Smell. What scents can signal this time for you? How can the Rituals of Shabbat infuse this space with beautiful scents. Taste. What flavors will this Shabbat bring? How can you prepare them to harmonize well? How can you make this a time of true enjoyment? The idea of bringing in Shabbat is an active rather than passive process. And we begin by working with the most active element, fire, to establish that container in time. The way that we begin Shabbat is with fire through lighting candles. We light Shabbat candles before Shabbat so as to usher in the elevated time. We take at least two distinct candles and bless the lighting. We begin Shabbat as the sun goes down by infusing our lives with light, with two little fires of hopefulness, of clarity, of warmth. We make the time distinct and welcome the elevated time. Candle lighting is the marker of a transition a liminal space between there and here, between the work week and the realm of Shabbat. The candles are intended to transform and bring a peacefulness after the bustle of the week and preparations for dinner. As we light, we create, as Heschel says, not a different state of consciousness, but a different climate. 
Shabbat, as exemplified by candlelighting, is all about creating a differentiation, the sense that not all time is the same, that there are moments to elevate and sanctify. As we light candles, we bring warmth and illumination into our homes. The light cast from the candles dances throughout the Shabbat dinner. Candlelighting, in essence, marks the moment where we change our lives. Rather than life being an undifferentiated blur, where every moment is like any other moment, punctuated only by moments of trauma or exceptional celebration. When we light the candles, we bring in moments of pause, by which we punctuate and pace our lives. When we change the rhythm of our lives, we become the conductors, wake-walking, no longer sleepwalking. Elliot has some illuminating reflections on the significance of this moment of active choice. Jews have different customs for the number of Shabbat candles they choose to light on Friday night. Some light as many candles as there are family members. So, for example, five candles if there are five in your immediate family. Others add candles to remember special people in their lives. And others will light both for living people and also those who may have passed away. But without these personal additions, the basic custom is to light two candles— Regardless of your marital or partnership situation, the custom is to light two. There's no connection between the number of candles and your personal status. The reason we light two candles is because they correspond to the two distinct ways in which the Torah describes Shabbat. In one place, it says, Zahor, remember, the Sabbath day to keep it holy, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. And another passage reads, Shamor, guard or keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy, Deuteronomy 5.12 In other words, one candle signifies the positive acts that you will remember to do on Shabbat, Zahor. And the second candle reminds us to refrain from interfering in the world and letting creation rest, Shamor. Grammatically, Zahor, remember, is an imperative. But this remembering does not establish Judaism as a museum where the old things are placed under glass. Rather, Judaism is a living, breathing organism. We are urged to remember, not in order to commemorate the past, but to inspire the present. This is active memory, the kind when you tell your lover, remember that today we promised that we were going to do something really special. It's not remembering the past, but about being in the moment. So remember as you light that first candle that today is Shabbat, which is a wonderful opportunity for renewing our lives. Yet just like we need love, inspiration, energy, we also need safe boundaries. To maintain something beautiful, we have to preserve it. We have to make sure that we don't act recklessly or without sufficient care. That's the way we would want to treat our most valued possessions. And it's certainly true of our most valued relationships. And so too is it with Shabbat. When we light that second candle, it is Shamor guard and maintain the Sabbath because it is worth taking care of. As soon as we light the candles, but before we make a blessing, we cover our eyes. This may be unusual in Jewish law, yet it is a law that has a powerful resonance. Normally, blessings are recited before the performance of a mitzvah because the Jewish way of life is that we do not benefit from the things of this world until we offer a blessing. In this particular case, however, we light the candle 
and then recite the blessing afterwards. Because once the blessing over Shabbat candles is recited, Shabbat has been ushered in, and lighting the candles would thus be forbidden in Jewish law. So we light the candles first, but in order not to benefit, so to speak, from the candles until we make a blessing, we quickly cover our eyes while saying the blessing. And just before we cover our eyes, we wave our hands three times in a sweeping motion inwards towards ourselves. Why? One idea is that real rest is the act of rejuvenating the inner person, what Jews call the soul. After expending all our energy outwards for six days a week, we pull the world back into ourselves and focus on renewing our inner resources and self. So the spiritual focus is symbolized by the inward-waving motion at candle lighting. For six days, we invest in the world around us. On Shabbat, we pull in our energy to regain meaning and perspective. So when you wave your hands three times, imagine that you're entering a magic world of inner rest. That glowing light, the golden hour in which Shabbat begins, is something truly magnificent, a daily natural rhythm which is particularly potent when it brings with it the start of Shabbat. The sages teach us that Shabbat has a feminine quality, referred to by many names, the Sabbath bride, the Shabbat queen, the Shechina. These are names that indicate anticipation, glory, beauty, pleasure, and power. We personify time, and in doing so, we bring this human experience of anticipation into our lives. Excitement, desire. Some even get dressed up in nice clothes, as if excited to greet a lover. And some have a custom of wearing all white. One of the more literal translations of the word Shekhinah is God's presence. The imminent rather than transcendent expression of the divine. Imminence, presence, these are felt with our senses. It's not something that we can theorize about, but we must feel directly. By honoring Shabbat, we forge this direct connection with the divine. We make space in our own lives for the divine to enter into our lives and dwell a while. Remember the exploration of the senses that we began with? Every Shabbat, you can return to each of your senses to make yourself and your environment beautiful, pleasing, a welcome space for holiness to enter into. In the 16th century, the Kabbalists, aka the hippies, in the city of Tzvat, developed a custom to go into the fields upon the setting sun to welcome the Shabbat, or to greet the Sabbath queen, with song and psalm and praise. Today, after candlelighting, many of us sing these same joyous songs known as Kabbalah Shabbat, the prayer service which welcomes in Shabbat. These songs are love songs and elicit the singing of the natural world in unison to welcome such a joyous time. The pinnacle prayer during Kabbalat Shabbat is L'Chadodi, a song with many stunning melodies. L'Chadodi in the chorus urges us to go out to our beloved and greet the bride, this countenance of Shabbat that we welcome and receive. This is the moment of receiving Shabbat as a time of regal, queenly consciousness which we invite in with praise and joy. In the Chadodi, we see the Shabbat instructions, Shamor v'zachor, to steward and remember. When we steward Shabbat, when we remember Shabbat, 
and make it dear and precious. We give our lives a moment of relaxation, integration, recalibration. It changes our perspective on our lives. It gives us a moment to ground and reconnect with what we value, make choices, and build from there. So the two candles that bring in Shabbat represent these two qualities, Shemov to steward and Zahog to remember. Let's dive a little deeper with Elliot. Jews who care about Shabbat employ, quite casually, a fascinating phrase every Friday afternoon not long before the sun sets. When they're trying to coordinate among family members or even guests what the timing will be for lighting the Shabbat candles, one might ask, when are we bringing in Shabbat? Or say, I have not brought Shabbat in yet. And what they're referring to is exactly when they will light the candles, which constitutes the ritual that formally marks Shabbat from the work week. But why use this phrase as if the coming of Shabbat has to do with the decision you're making? Doesn't Shabbat come at a set time, every Friday night, at sundown? The answer is yes. But this quirky expression of bringing in Shabbat tells us a lot about how ritual frames our experience and how Judaism sees life as a partnership between human agency and external reality. Now, I guess our attitude to Shabbat every week could be that we simply wait for the sun to go down on Friday and acknowledge internally that it is now Shabbat. But instead, Jews bring in Shabbat. They use an action, a ritual, to mark a special moment in time. To transform our inner lives, we alter the environment we live in, in subtle ways as well as grand ones. That's what ritual is all about, and that is the essence of candlelighting on Friday night which is the act accompanied by a set of words which radiates the fact that Shabbat has come. The act is very simple. We light a minimum of two Shabbat candles, and then we say a blessing over them. Blessed are you, God, who has sanctified us with the commandment of lighting Shabbat candles. And once that blessing is uttered, Shabbat has arrived. To understand better why Judaism thinks that candle lighting creates a reality called Shabbat, just think of some of the other ways that we use language. Some words describe things, like, the ball is blue, and others are affirmations, such as, that is a monkey. But still others are what the English philosopher J.L. Austin called speech acts, that is, speeches that act or bring something into being. Think, for example, of the conventional wedding scene, when a couple stands in front of the spiritual leader of the service, who says, I pronounce you man and wife, the minister is neither describing nor affirming. They are making something happen. Some combinations of words have great power. They can create a brand new reality. Austin linked speech to performance as though we were all actors and our lives a form of recital. So performative statements are not true or false. They are utterances that create certain expectations or conditions. Here are a few of Austin's own examples of speech acts that perform. First example, I do take this woman to be my lawful wedded wife, as uttered in the course of the marriage ceremony. Or, I name this ship the Queen Elizabeth. Or, I give and bequeath my watch to my brother, as occurring in a will. When Jews perform candlelighting accompanied by a particular blessing, that does not change the fact that, say, this Friday the sun sets at 4.45 p.m., but what it does 
is to spiritually bring in the light and signal to human beings in a way that only ritual can to pay attention. Something special is occurring. Not just the descent of the sun or the movement of the clock. We are literally creating a reality for ourselves, one that works in tune with the passing of time and says, I am consciously and mindfully welcoming the Shabbat into my life. The next 24 hours will be a bit different than every other day. And with the glowing of that light comes not just a stopping from the mundane, but a new beginning and the promise of inner peace. Jewish law, or halacha, comes from the root word halach, or lalefet, meaning to go or to walk. Rituals are dynamic. They're moving, alive, and they're for you to grow with them, to play with them, to explore them, to let them inspire you and to add your voice to. Religious ritual is here to support your flourishing, to bring meaning and containers and tools for you to consciously elevate your life. It's an intergenerational relationship. Here are some thoughts to consider when preparing for ritual. Intention. What's the purpose? What do you want to accomplish or feel? Objects and symbols. What are the necessary ritual items? How can you respect them and prepare them? The elements. How can you bring in the energy of fire, the groundedness of earth, the movement of air, and the cleansing of water into this ritual? Are there other elements in your cosmology that you'd like to bring in? Senses. How can you engage all of the senses? Environment. Where is this taking place? How can you make it safe and comfortable and beautiful for yourself and others? How will the lighting affect the moment? What boundaries are appropriate to create a sacred space? Leadership. Rituals do not require hierarchy, but they do require leadership. Do you know what you're responsible for? Do others know what they're responsible for? Distributing leadership and responsibility can make a powerful difference in everyone feeling included or excluded. And finally, time defined. Make a clearly defined beginning and end to every ritual and you will feel fully immersed in it. So now you're ready for ritual. Turn to the PDF for guidance on the ritual of lighting the Shabbat candles. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening. If you haven't yet registered for the School of Living Jewishly, but you'd like to, you still can. Head to schoolofLivingJewishly.com to learn more and to register. Everything in the School of Living Jewishly was made to improve the quality of all of our lives. There's no way to fall behind. The lessons will be released week to week. And if you find yourself unable to tune into the lesson some weeks, they'll still be available to you to return to again and again. Our prayer in creating this unit on rest is that it may create a stable, supportive foundation for all of our Jewish lives. And just as the trees bring their energy into the soil in the autumn and winter, so too do we need to spend time in quiet, in contemplation, in presence. And just as the trees begin their invisible work of pulling the sap up from their roots, preparing to blossom in perfect timing, we send a blessing to you right now and all of the work that we know so many of you are doing in the world with a prayer that all of our endeavors be ripe in the right timing. Have a amen, blessed amen. Shabbat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Have amen. the sweetest and most blessed Shabbat. Be well. Be well. See you next month. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Living Jewishly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps more people like you find our show so that we can continue to grow the Living Jewishly community together. You can find us at livingjewishly.org and on YouTube and Instagram. Living Jewishly is living well with everyone.